Welcome to Freeport. It's our second episode. I'm the host, Elena Laurenti, and with me today is uh, my second guest, Daniel Wiggy. Danny. Hello. It's been so long since I've seen you. Do you, you like you're a little older now? Do you have, do you have a preference of Danny or Daniel? <laughs> I, I usually don't like my actual name okay. because I don't feel like a Daniel because I'm, I'm definitely not serious at all ever, but, um, <laughs> but, but it does honestly, it doesn't matter. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that works out because I've always called you Danny, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, how are you doing? I'm about to throw my computer out the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it legit was like, fine. I was using it all day. Yeah. And then the minute that I was like, oh, I'm going to hop on this Zoom call. It was like, no, nah, I'm not going to work. <laughs> you, you I don't I don't like what you're doing to me. So fuck you. That's what it said to me. It's one so of like, the things that unites us as people is technical difficulties. <laughs> God, I was like, there's such a nightmare. I was like, how old am I right now that I can't figure out how to use my fucking computer? Well, we're here. Stupid. Made it. Made it. So the reason I really wanted to have you on is because initially when I, when I had this podcast idea in mind, I was thinking, oh, I'll just have my regulars. Cause you know, I have a lot of like OG New Yorker types um, that I've that I've served over the past few years that I thought would make really cool guests because they just have such colored stories to tell. But then I decided to expand it more to industry people as well because I feel like it would give a better idea of the I don't know the scope of the nightlife yeah. world. Um, and you were someone that came to mind not just because you know I've known you for so long and and I would say like we're we're good friends we know each other fairly well but you also have a very interesting story to tell. I mean, between the music that you do and the jobs that you've had, the interests that you have and you yeah. know, you were adopted, like there's there's a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, sure. So to start, let's go back to the beginning, as they say in Princess Bride. Were you born in Brooklyn? Um, I was born in Dominican Republic, but I was adopted. Oh, when did you come here? Oh, I was a month old, so like okay. basically born and raised, basically but born. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little asterisk on your Wikipedia page. <laughs> Yeah, right. I have one of those. <laughs> I don't know. I can make one after the show just so it's there. Awesome. <laughs> um, do you, so you came here a month old. Um, one of the first questions I wanted to ask you was because you're you're a creative type, what were the top three or even just like the top things that happened to you in your childhood that you would say were really formulative to the person that you became now? Well, um, I don't know. To be honest with you, I've mm -hmm. always, like, when I was a kid, I remember being really little and always liking to draw. Like, my parents have mm -hmm. drawings that I made when I was really young, probably, like, around four or five. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've always had that in my brain, I guess. And then mm -hmm. um, probably having to pick an instrument in middle school but knowing that I was gonna have to pick an instrument I think I picked one up early okay earlier so I could have a jump yeah. start on it you know um mm -hmm. so I, I played I started playing the violin when I was in third grade or fourth grade or something mm -hmm. like that that's another one and then I don't know it's a good question I think you know what to be honest when I was really young, my kindergarten teacher, Miss mm -hmm. Williams, she played the guitar for us sometimes. She was like this um, really hippie-ish, like <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, like I. And but she would like sing us songs and play her guitar, acoustic guitar, and mm -hmm. and she loved the Beatles. Yeah, and I mean that. They, makes sense. 
yeah so so that having the beatles uh kind of pumped in my brain when i was younger definitely was uh i was just like oh it's okay to like do all this stuff and and you know music was always a part of my life i guess uh-huh. did you have music in your household yeah well not my mom played the piano kind of but mm-hmm. they were always listening to like classical music right so like whenever we were in the car it was always classical music and up yeah. until like a certain point i didn't have like my own like walkman or anything like that when mm-hmm. i am uh okay. i just said walkman um <laughs> all right i know <laughs> I what you're talking have... about <laughs> yeah I mean, I didn't have anything of my own to listen to. So I listened to a lot of that growing up. And then when I did get my own, my headphones or whatever, I listened to the Beatles because that's what I I liked that stuff when I was little. Mm -hmm. Okay. So So I have some follow-up questions. Follow-up. Okay. (laughs) You said that you liked to draw. What did you like to draw? Um, Was it anything specific or was it like whatever? Yeah, it was just people. I think I, I oh, gravitated okay. towards like, pe- like people that I knew or people in front of me mm-hmm. was like pictures of my parents and me, like that right. typical like shit like that. And then as I got older, it was like I was always drawn up eyes, like people's eyes. Mm-hmm. So I just concentrated on drawing eyes for some reason. And then I don't know. As I got older, I got the graffiti and mm-hmm. I don't know, just stuff yeah. like that. Right, because I I drew a lot too, but I usually drew, was a big fan of drawing skies, right? Like sunsets or sunrises, landscapes were big. And in high school, I took an art class. It was a lot of like still lifes, but I never drew people. I don't know. So I, I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe because like they're really hard to draw, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're incredibly difficult to draw, but like, it's funny because I never focused on. A landscape or anything that's so interesting though because it seems like especially as a little kid or mm-hmm. when you're younger it seems like it's so such like a such a broad big picture kind of thing you know what mm-hmm. I mean yeah. and and I don't think most kids think that way so it's really interesting that you did you mean drawing landscapes and stuff yeah um yeah I don't know why I mean it's funny that I'm asking these questions I never thought about why I was drawn to drawing landscapes and and skies I think because in part I could draw them (laughs) (laughs) um I liked the color I liked blending the colors I I guess if if I really thought about it we did the play Fern Gully in second grade you know the movie (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah I think my favorite part about the story, just a little side tangent, they didn't want to make anybody feel left out. So you know how there's the two leads, right? There's Crystal, I think her name is, the the fairy, right? Okay. And then there's the guy. I forget his name. I want to say Dennis Trevor, some sort of like basic bitch name like that, right? <laughs> but they didn't just have one person for each role. They gave three girls the role of Crystal, but we were all on stage at the same time. That's so confusing. <laughs> three guys to play the main guy and we would divide up the lines it was very funny you did this in front of people yeah this was the school play for our grade night how confused would your parents be like i would have been like who are these other fucking people (laughs) i guess if you never saw the movie you wouldn't really be bothered by it just like oh okay cool but yeah there was crystal number one number two and number three but one of the other crystals, she was actually one of my best friends at the time. Her parents were artists and they painted the backdrop. 
And of course, it's like, you know, the rainforest, the jungle, all these like trees and colors. And we went over to her house and they had some other parents from friends in the class who were painting with them. And it was, I just remember being so stunned by this painting, not that I painted but I think the colors struck me, the nature struck me for whatever reason, I just really connected with that piece. And I don't know, I don't know if that was part of what just hooked me and made me want to sort of recreate it in my own way. But I do remember, I like I can still visualize it down to the details. It just really, it just really stuck with me. But psychologically I mean it makes sense because I am a very idealistic person so I guess in that regard I get it but as a kid I I don't know if I was maybe I was sounds kind of like it that because just because like I don't remember being aware of sunsets in that way when I was a mm-hmm. kid you know what I mean I wasn't like well that's really pretty I just be like well I have to go home soon that's actually really interesting that yeah. you were drawn to that at such a young age. That's cool. Yeah, I, I always really liked it. It was definitely something that, I don't know. I don't know if you had, because you're an only child, right? Yes. So I don't know if, because I'm a middle child. So I don't know if it's similar for only children. Like you just kind of have a lot of time on your own. And so mm-hmm. I would be in my room a lot. And when I was in my room, you know, I would read, I would draw. I would just sort of like do all these things to sort of occupy myself. Because, I, you know, it's when you're the middle child, you tend to be the odd one out. And so when it came to drawing, it was one of the ways that if I was ever feeling like anxious, I guess, or scattered or just overwhelmed, I would pick up the pen and the paper and I would draw and I would always feel better after was drawing the same for you or was it more just like something caught your eye and you would you would just want to capture it to be honest with you when I mm-hmm. I don't remember what it was like for me as a kid I remember just like sitting there it was like something to do you know what I mean like it was just kind of like <laughs> no I just like know, how you phrase that I remember just sitting there <laughs> yeah just like my, my business like you imagine me just sitting in my room by myself I can <laughs> yeah that's probably what I did but um I actually I don't think I drew a lot when I was at home I think it was more mostly in school because I, I was always like an athlete as a kid. Oh, so I was like okay. a lot of my free time was like, yeah, a lot of my free time was playing sports or mm-hmm. running around being a maniac because I also sure. have like ADHD. So I couldn't really concentrate that long. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So it wasn't a lot at home until I got older. Mm-hmm. But actually, yeah, now actually I I started drawing again, like over quarantine, I actually started drawing again. Really? Just, yeah, just trying to be like more creative or like... Yeah. I was trying to be creative in one discipline or like at least once a day, you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. doing one thing because I was losing my mind. Yeah. And one of my really good friends is a, a tattooer and he's like, yo, I think you have the really, like a really good temperament for it. And he wants me to like start doing it, except I never thought of it that way. So right. I bought a light board and I just started tracing. He's like, dude, just trace something every day. So I just started tracing and like, I realized that it calms me down a little bit if I can just Mm. put my headphones in or just listen to music and trace or draw or do something. I realized that now though, not as a kid. I mean, was it something that bothered you as a kid? Like, were you cognizant that you had ADHD or was it just kind of like, I mean, I don't have it. So I don't know what it's like to have it Um, inside looking out. In fourth grade, I remember (laughs) specifically, I had a lot of extra energy and I would yeah. be really disruptive in class. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to pretty progressive private school. Mm-hmm. So our classes were pretty small and my teacher, Mr. Jensen, if I were acting out and not focusing or whatever, he'd tell me to go outside in the garden and do a couple of laps 
and then come back. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was like an agreement that we had. Like, yeah, he's like, just go out to the garden. And like, I literally just ran around the garden for a little while and I came back. So when you're running on the, around the garden, I, I know this is a long time ago now, but do you remember yeah. what you thought about? Nope. I was just like, I'm free. Probably. <laughs> I, th- I was like, I'm free for like, it was like, it felt like I was escaping from jail, free for like that five minutes that they let me run around. And there was nobody, like, there was no supervision. It was just like, because everybody else was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> no, this is a great fucking story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was in fourth grade and I was so yeah. afraid to get in trouble. Like, yeah, yeah. If I were in high school, different. I probably would have been like, I'm out. I mean, a lot of people had that attitude and they didn't need to have ADHD to have it. They would just sort of dip. Like in high school, I mean. <laughs> yeah, well, high school, I don't know. In high school, you think you're a fucking adult. And Isn't that crazy? Yeah, like you're the coolest thing of all time. And I look at high school kids now, I'm like, what the, what are you doing? Like, right? you're okay. a child. Why are you acting like that? Sean and I went to DC just for a few days, just to like sort of get out of, of Brooklyn and, and the city. Um, uh-huh. I guess this is when June, July, but anyway, we're there and, you know, we went out to dinner and then I really wanted to just get some ice cream and like walk around. Right. So we walk all the way to Georgetown and cause that was the only ice cream shop that was open. <laughs> and we go all the way to Georgetown. Yeah. From PC. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was like a 45 minute walk maybe, but it was nice, you know, cause it was summer. So the weather was fine and we get there and there's all these, of course, like white kids outside. Cause it's like frozen yogurt and you know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and we go inside we only go in so many people at a time because of COVID. So like, right. you had like three of these girls waiting for their ice cream. And then we were going in and ordering ours. And like, these girls looked like they were 12 years old. And I was like, but they still make me feel like a piece of shit. Like the mean girl starts early. Right. And I'm just like, how are they doing this? Like, I'm so much older than them. And then we get outside and we're walking around. And I'm like, what are all these 12 year olds doing out? It was like 11 at night. And Sean was like, those aren't 12 year olds. Those are like Georgetown students. I was like, no, they're not. That is how young they look to me now. It's Whoa. crazy. I feel like anybody Ooh. below the age of 25 looks like they're 12. Even at the bar, like when 21, 22-year-olds come in, they look so young. Yeah, at the bar, it is like you, I, it, I used to have a hard time being able to tell who was around 21 or just yeah. 21. Yeah. And now I'm like, yo, order appropriately. Stop asking for <laughs> stupid drinks. Or like, yeah. it's either, it's like one or the other. They're like, can I have like the fruitiest, dumbest, right. grossest drink you have? Or they try to overcompensate and they're yes. like i want well gin neat like yeah they're oh, like they order like there's this kid i literally just met him two weeks ago he came in and he goes i knew he was young but i didn't know how young and he, mm. he's like yeah can i have a uh, vodka tonic and whatever pills you have on tap and i was like sure yeah uh, i thought he was meeting somebody yeah he was, yeah. He was not oh he was drinking them both to himself yeah. And I was, like, <laughs> I was like, what? Why? Why would you do that? Yeah. And he ordered two more rounds. Wow. Yeah. But he didn't. He's like, I don't think I have it in me. And this is the weird part. He's a weird, yeah. like, he seemed like, like he was a smart kid, but I don't know. It was, I got this weird vibe from him. And so sure. he goes, I don't, I don't think I have it in me to, to drink the last one. But next time you're working, can I come in? Because he paid for it already. He's like, oh. can I come in and can I just grab it from you? I was like, sure, why not? Okay. So he literally came in like another day that I was working. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, I remember you. 
Yeah. I was like, I think I owe you a drink. He's like, oh, yeah, that's right. So we get to talking and I'm like, how old are you? He's like, I just turned 21. And I was like, when? He goes, October. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but like, I didn't know he was that young. But we have the same birthday. Oh, which that's is kind cute. Of yeah, it's kind of weird. I was like, all right, this kid needs to fucking leave because I'm just freaking out. <laughs> There's the territorial Danny coming out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the younger customers at the bar thing, I work in Murray Hill, so... There's mm. a lot. Yeah. They order stuff sometimes that I'm just like, you're ordering this because you heard it in a movie and I kind of hate you for it. <laughs> yeah. Like you are not okay. Like you're, you're 21 and you're ordering a white Russian. Like what is wrong with you? Like, I mean, they are delicious. I'm not going to lie, but it's just like, you're not drinking this because I don't even know why you're drinking this. It's so bizarre. Even if I had, cause we don't have milk. Mm-hmm. And even if we had milk, I'd say I, I don't have that. I do that shit all the time too. Like there are people that yeah. like ask for certain drinks. I'm like, I don't have that. It's just because I don't want to make it. No, I say that with with mojitos. I don't have any mint. Sorry. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't. No, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I also feel like a dick sometimes when I'm like, dude, it's nine thirty. We close yeah. at ten, yeah. and you're asking me for the ridic- most ridiculous cocktail. I'm just like, you know what? Just get a fucking shot and go home. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not alone in this. I I thought about this a lot. When COVID lockdown first happened, I was really grateful because I was getting so burnt out. Like I would just have, like my attitude is always similar to yours, but it was getting to the point where it was really bad. Like (laughs) I work, I work at a place where there's a server and a bartender, but it's a pooled house, but the the server leaves. And so usually after like 1130, you're there alone until like Mm -hmm. 2am or whenever you you close and so like people will come in like even after the kitchens close and sit down at the table and this is like not a far walk from the bar but the bar only has one exit on one side like one like the service side and the other side's closed so people would sit all the way at the front of the restaurant so if i was to go over to the table i'd have to get out from behind the bar go all the way around and you know and so it's like you know the bar is usually full at that time so i don't really like to do that so people would just like sit at the tables. I, I know this is like so bad, but I would just like not make an effort. And I, I wasn't going to go over to them. It's just like, no, come to the bar, figure it out. Yeah. Just figure it out, right. please. I felt so bad. I still feel bad no, about that. Don't feel bad because I do this shit all the time. Like now people will come in yeah. and they won't even acknowledge me. Yeah. And they'll go right through to the, we have the backyard, whatever. Right. They'll right. right through to the backyard and then they'll sit out there. Mm-hmm expecting table service and i'm like you're gonna sit out there all night because i'm not gonna come tell you yes i hate that like to not even like say hi or is it okay if we sit something that lets me know that you see me and understand i'm there and that maybe i'm not gonna like just guess that you're sitting down and come over to you it's just it's like to me it's like it's almost an entitlement thing i know sometimes people come in that late and they're drunk already and you know they they've been bar hopping or it's a first date and they're like all in it like i get it but at the same time it's just like i really just please come to the bar i can't i will be the nicest bartender you to you just come to the bar right yeah, no, I same thing. Like actually before COVID, we I had this is like last, not this past summer, but the summer before maybe. Mm-hmm. I was going to collect glasses and this woman goes, Oh, excuse me, I'll have another whatever she was drinking. And I was like, sure. Oh, that's awesome. I was like, We're not doing table service, but you should come order that shit at the bar. And <laughs> she, <laughs> I didn't say it like that, but like that's no, 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 like but that. yeah. And she she wasn't like I didn't think she was attractive, but Mm-hmm. I could see how somebody would think she was attractive. And yeah. so she tried to be like, oh, but please, like, I'm a cute girl. And can you? Like, yeah, she did one of those. I was like, <sighs> I was like, no, 
<laughs> I was like, this isn't the city. I was like, you're in Dipmas yeah, Park. Yeah, and, yeah. and she didn't like that I gave her an attitude, but I was like, all right, I don't care how hot you are. You're not that special. Like, get right. up or tell the dude that you're with to go get you a beer. Like, yeah. I don't, I was like, fuck you. I don't care. I don't care if you fuck with my tips or don't tip me or whatever. Cause right. sometimes, like, it's not worth it. You know, yeah, I'm like, exactly. keep your money. I don't want it. There have been so many times, granted, this is before COVID, not really during. But, you know, so it was a different animal. Like, if I close at 2, people would stroll in through the door at, like, 1.15, 1.30, and it's a couple. And, you know, they order, like, two drinks, and they just sit there, and, like, they're sipping on it. It's like, I'm not going to go out of my way to be super nice to you or even talk to you. I mean, it's not everybody. Sometimes they're industry people or people you can tell are going to be really chill until you'll talk to them. But, like, right. 90% of the time, it's like they're going to have those two drinks. They're going to tell me, like, maybe two bucks not going the extra mile i'm just yeah not. no yeah it's not worth it yeah so it sucks because like i didn't like feeling that way like having that attitude like before covid happened so i was glad for the lockdown i feel like maybe if if i went back now and everything was normal i would feel a little bit like i've sort of recharged and and i won't be as much of a bitch but that would probably last like three months and <laughs> no i i mean I, to be honest with you i i dig it just because like nobody's in the bar so like yeah. I really don't have to talk to anybody except for yeah. now, obviously, because they just brought back fucking indoor dining. But right, um, right. I but I it's great. Like I literally play whatever music I want. Yeah. I can fuck around and be stupid. And yeah. my excuse is, oh, I'm sorry, you guys, I have to kick everybody out by 10. Otherwise, we can lose our license or get shut down. So, yeah. like, people just kind of, like, are like, oh, I totally understand. I'm like, yes, get out they of here. understand? I wish I had customers like that. There's, like, the, always those regulars. Like, one yeah. of them who I hate. Like, I, I cannot stand <laughs> him. Because he always... Okay, so, like, we had, like, the whole food restriction thing. Like, you needed to order food, right? Yeah. And so, we would always make a concession for him. And... If he came in, like, because he's a regular at our other bar, like, we would always give him the happy hour prices, even if it wasn't happy hour. But then he would always bitch to me about how the managers didn't do that for him. And they didn't give him the big glass. They gave him, like, the small glass. And he just always had, like, a laundry list of complaints. He tips you, like, maybe 10%. And he takes up a whole table of four to himself sometimes. Like, he's that kind of regular, right? Shut up, dude. The worst. (laughs) But when, when indoor dining open and, you know, you have to close at 10, he would stroll in the door at 9.36, 9.40 and then just sit down with his beer that I knew it was going to take him like a million years to drink. And I'd have to go over to him at like at 10. Then it was like another 10 minutes before he gave me a card and then I'd have to run the card. And then it was another 10 minutes before he signed the receipt. It's just like, oh my God, <clears throat> how do you not get this? How do you not okay. understand what's going on? I, yeah. You know, what's crazy. Like I, that sucks a lot, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've gotten lucky where I don't have regulars that are that awful. Like most of my regulars are relatively like good. And I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. In general, it's just kind of like, all right, they, they all kind of get it. But. but the worst part, it's like I started working at this bar after I started working at their sister bar. I was working at the sister bar first and there were a lot of regulars there already that had been there forever. This guy, he's one of them. And so he would start to come over to the bar I work at now. And then it's just like, you can't necessarily do anything to him because he's a regular from another bartender at the other bar. You don't want to like, and you don't want to be mean, but it's just sometimes I, I know it's, it's tough. Like a lot of these regulars specifically in this group, they tend to drink all day. It's like a all day affair. None of them really work. They just kind of like are either trust fund babies or retired or whatever. So, you know, 
I guess when he comes into the bar, he's just like, he's not thinking. It makes me rather not have him come in at all. So how long have you been bartending? Not very long, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Probably like three and a half years. All in so, the same spot or did you bounce around at all? I bounced around. I've always been at Sycamore. Mm-hmm. Um, I started there. I was barbacking there first. I, I started barbacking in December mm-hmm. of, I think it was 2017. Mm-hmm. And then... By August, I was, I think I got my first bartending shift. Yeah. And then I, I was like, all right, this is cool, but I want to work in another bar also. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, but then I got a job at Coney Island Brewery. So I was oh. beer tending for a little bit. So I, I was doing that, which was fun for a summer. Mm-hmm. Started working at the Alamo Draft House. Do you know where that is? Really? Yeah. Oh, we go there all the time where we did. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that I place. I was working at uh, House of Wax, the bar downstairs. Oh my God. Yeah, I, that I actually seen like I don't know. It was interesting because like you didn't get like I mean you got regulars, which is kind of weird because you got regulars. Yeah. Some of the people lived in the building, which I oh. didn't even realize. Yeah, and then you got you know you got just movie crowds and right. But yeah, the, the Alamo was fun because I didn't know that much about cocktails, so their cocktail uh, uh, really dope, and that's yeah. why I wanted to start working there. But it was a completely different vibe, right? Just because it's like, it's not really a bar. Like right. you're going there with a purpose. Like you're going there to watch right. a movie, get a couple of drinks yeah. and then whatever. And it wasn't like you'd get slammed for a very long time. There wasn't like three hours of just like getting shit on. It was, right. I don't know, an hour, half an hour before the movie started. You get mm-hmm. like, you get a hit and mm-hmm. then they'd all just disappear. And you're right. like, wait, what just happened? So it came <laughs> in waves. It was really weird. Like, yeah, you'd have to make like these those you know sours with the egg whites and stuff and like right 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 once one person got those everyone gets it everybody yeah. would get them but all at the same table and oh yeah. there's six of us and we all want different kinds of sours so you'd have oh to make like God. a bunch at a time but then yeah. they disappear and you're like wow that sucked it was like but it <laughs> felt really good once it was done it was kind of weird yeah that reminds me of working um the holiday parties at churchill that was like their their bread and butter because yeah. they would book like three, sometimes four holiday parties every day in December. Whoa. And so if you were working in the upstairs, sometimes you would do like back to back to back to back. I mean, you yeah. would make a lot of money because they were all contracted, but it was just like, you know, you get this wave because you'd have one party and then the party would end. You'd have to like clean, 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 get everything yeah. replenished. Second party would show up. And so, I mean, it, it was a fucking marathon. And yeah. there was this one party. Oh my God. Honestly, I don't have many regrets in my life, but this is one of them. So (laughs) (laughs) I still kick myself sometimes. So this party was one of the holiday parties and they had like a basic drink package. So it was only, you know, happy hour liquor, you know, like well liquor and wine and beer and that's it. Mm -hmm. And so one of the girls, like the first girls to get there and they they book their party there every year. So like they come back all the time. They spend a lot of money. They're very nice from what I could remember the year before. But one of the girls comes up to me. She goes, could I get a martini? And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know. I mean, I could make it with well liquor. Yeah. Kind of gross, but <laughs> I could, right? So I turned to the yeah. manager and I was like, I mean, we're not technically allowed to make cocktails. It's just supposed to be like mixed drinks. But right. Is a martini okay? And she goes, it's up to you. It's your call. <sighs> so I made the call to make her a martini. As soon as everyone saw that fucking martini glass, yeah. I... I don't think I've ever made that mar- many martinis in like my entire bartending career. And yeah. then one person orders and cause then it was like, Oh, words out. Like they'll make cocktails as long as it's well liquor. So then it was margaritas. It was mojitos. It was just like, go down the list. I wanted to die. 
I yeah. wanted to die. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like the really shitty thing about like some of the bartenders at yeah. you know where I work will put things in different glasses they're not supposed to or like yeah. just because whatever and then the mm-hmm. same customer like well so and so did that for me I'm like yeah. I don't give a shit like <laughs> like what a- all right this dude is hilarious he yeah. basically hates everybody but okay. a it's customer even worse or a bartender that- no, he's a bartender, okay. but it's even worse because it's pandemic. And he's like, fuck that. Like, I'm not doing that. So I, we used to split Sundays Okay. and he came in one day and I made some dude came in and what did he ask me for? He asked me for a cocktail. I can't remember what it was. It might've been a Manhattan, nothing sure. crazy, but like right. my, my buddy was like, not about, he's like, dude, we shouldn't be mixing drinks. It's a pandemic. Like that doesn't make any sense. Whatever. Yeah. He was all like bent out of shape. So I went outside, I finished my shift, I'm having my shift drink outside, I'm just chilling or whatever. And then right before I went outside, the dude came in, ordered the same drink. Okay. Cocktail. And my buddy was like, I got it, don't worry about it. So I was like, all right, cool, went outside, hanging out. He He goes, yeah, the dude asked me for the drink. And I was like, I can't make that. He goes, yeah, but that guy just did. He's like... Yeah, but like, I'm not going to do that. He's like, why? He's like, because it's pandemic. He's, he's like, but it's on the menu. He goes, yeah, but it shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't make the drink. <laughs> it, oh, he's God. so funny. Yeah. He's so funny. He's like been threatened. Some guy <laughs> threatened. Like, literally, I swear to God, some guy threatened. He left the bar and he threatened to come back and shoot him. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. We So, yeah, there's like two sides to that bar. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, it used to be real bad. Like I had a guy come in. This guy's a piece of shit. There's like yeah. some there's some dudes that like run up and down that block. Mm. They're all basically gang affiliated and they sell oh. drugs and they yeah. do drugs. And like it's dumb shit. They come in. They're not crazy awful, but they're just like enough to be. I don't want to deal with these fucking people, whatever. So the one dude comes in, he's always ripped out of his face. I'm like, yo, Gaza, I can't serve you. But like they'll bring in their own beers too sometimes i'm like dude what are you doing so he's wasted Mm -hmm. tuesday night and there's really nobody in there but there's enough people in there to be aware of what's going on going on and he's sitting on the stool talking to himself and he takes out a knife and he drops it on the floor so it makes a a big noise and like people turn around and i'm like dude so my bar back at the time this kid is, he's from the neighborhood too. And he's like yeah. 25 year old, mm-hmm. tall Albanian kid. Who's not afraid of anything, yeah. but it's hilarious. So I was like, Barbara, can you just, cause he knows him. He's like, can you just talk to him? He's like across the bar. He's like, guys, what the fuck are you doing? You can't be taking knives out. Get your shit, get out. <laughs> he didn't even like go around and like say it quietly. See, uh, there's, there's one bartender who works at our sister bar, Churchill he reminds me of like these stories because his shifts are, are Sundays and, and Monday nights. Um, but he works late. Like Churchill closes at 4 a.m. So Sundays, sometimes I would cover for him. Just like the craziest fucking shit would always happen during his shifts. <laughs> and whether he was there or not, but like right. he was the kind of bartender personality that could get away with saying like, yeah, I'm not making you a fucking old fashioned. Like what the fuck do you actually want? You know? Cause he was like, he would be such an asshole, but he was also really funny and very like manic. So right. he could get away with it. And so uh-huh. when I would work his shifts and like crazy shit would happen, I would just like have to say over and over in my mind, like, what would he do? What would he do? What would he do in this <laughs> scenario? Because I am not equipped to handle this. 
this one time where there was this group of girls and one guy who I think was the fiance, like they had just gotten engaged that night, like they were at dinner or something. So they were coming at this bar and they were just like, you know, having a good time, whatever. They're sitting by like the beer taps in the middle of the bar, which comes, it's like raised. So you can't necessarily serve over it. You know what I mean? Right. And then these two Indian guys walk in and I recognize one of them. He'd been in on one of these Sundays that I covered and he was so just like calm and sweet and friendly and everybody loved to talk to him. And like, I didn't really ever see him other than that first time. So when he came in, I was like, oh, I remember this guy and I remembered his drink and, you know, his friend was, that was with him, also Indian, but like short. Not that that matters. I don't know why I said that detail, but... <laughs> 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 but anyway, I mean, maybe because it makes sense with what happens after this. So his friend, is, who I don't recognize, starts talking to a couple of these girls and everything seems to be going great because, you know, like uh -huh. his, the friend that I recognize is really nice. Like he's talking to the newly engaged couple and the shorter Indian guys talking to the girls and they seem to be like reciprocating his flirting. Like he orders drinks for everybody, like celebrating the engagement. Everything's going great. Next thing I know. I see one of the girls shove the short Indian guy and start screaming at him, right? And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> and I'm like, what happened? What happened? And then she's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You don't touch my friend like that. She doesn't like you like that. And he's just like, and then he gets in her face and he's screaming back at her. And I don't even remember what he was saying, but they are just like basically at each other's throats. And then the girls turn to me and they're like, aren't you going to do anything? And I'm like, nope. What? What do you want to do? So like, I come out from behind the bar and I'm like, what's, what's going on? And she's like, oh, he touched my friend. He touched my friend. She didn't want him to touch her. That's disgusting. And so I was like, all right, well then you got to get out. Right. So like his friend, the tall guy, he basically pulls him out of the bar, takes him out on the street. Everything's fine. Right. So I go back behind the bar. And next thing I know, the girls are screaming again because he comes back in the bar. And he starts trying to scream at these girls again. So I'm just like, oh my fucking God. So then I have to come back around behind the bar. I have to basically tell him, like, dude, you need to get the fuck out. So then they go outside. I literally had to lock the door so he didn't come back in. But <laughs> but yeah, it was a uh, it was kind of wild. I've never had girls turn to me <laughs> and be like, Are you gonna break up this fight? Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, no, I'm what? No, it's not. I what that's kind of fun. that's that's why like the one one of the good things about having that bar back mm -hmm. arbor we're, we're we're close like we're tight still but yeah. i don't see him nearly as much because he quit <laughs> but um but <laughs> but that kid literally does not give a shit and yeah. we were working tuesday night and he's got this close friend of his and she started dating this dude that we knew in the in the neighborhood mm -hmm. who's a really good dude but he's a lousy drunk like oh. he comes in because like I think it's just like he mixes pills and alcohol or whatever. Oh, so he just comes in like a zombie, basically. Yeah. But like yeah. He, he put his hands on her mm -hmm. and my the, my bar back at the time, that's basically his little sister. So he's like, yeah. dude, if you put your hands on her again, there's gonna be problems. He came in one day, pretty fucked up, and I think she was with him, but I can't remember. They start talking in the bar. Yeah. He comes out from behind the bar and they start pushing and shoving a little bit. Right. So Arbor grabs him by his shirt, his jacket, drags him outside and starts beating the shit out of him. He's working right now. <laughs> Arbor is working. My boy is working right now. And I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? So I go outside and I see 
full mount. He's just pounding him in the face. Holy shit. Right in front of the bar. And I'm like, Arbor, if you're going to do that, at least move over because you're yeah. on camera. Like, exactly. Can, like, exactly. our boss can see you. So he's not listening, obviously. Right. Yeah. Then somebody's walking by and they're they're calling the cops. And like, there's the fight outside, blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. So I was like, all right, well, fuck this. I just walked back inside. Yeah. And people are like, oh, what's happened? I'm like, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> <And> <laughs> So I just go back to minding my business. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I see the dude walk away with mm-hmm. the girl. And then I didn't yeah. see Arbor come back. Like, Arbor didn't come back in. So I was like, all right, whatever. Ten minutes later, eight cop cars show up. <gasps> yeah. Eight. Eight. What and the I was fuck? Like, oh, my God. Yeah. So I go to the door and they're like, somebody call the cops. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I didn't call the cops. <laughs> and so they were literally standing out there for a minute. So then I'm, I go yeah. back inside and I get a phone call. and. Arbor's like, yo, are the cops gone yet? And I was like, no, man. He's like, all right, I'm in the basement at the at, a, at the bar down the block. I'm in the basement. Just like, just call me when they're gone. Oh I was like, all God. right. So I just let him hang out down there for like, I don't know, an hour because it wasn't yeah. that busy. Yeah. And I just text him. I was like, yo, they're gone. So he comes back in. He's got like bloody knuckles, but he's fine. Mm-hmm. He finished the shift and closed, but he broke the dude's nose. Holy shit. Yeah, it was hilarious. I was like, you know what? I don't even care. Like, yeah. But at least I didn't have to deal with shit. Like, I never dealt right. with shit like that right. when he was working. Because I'm soft. Like, I can't handle shit like that. I don't want to fight yeah. people. It's hard. It's really hard to be confrontational sometimes. Like, yeah. it's not just because emotions can run high and people are fucked up. Inhibitions are way long gone. It's not even that. It's it's one of the things that I really try to be better at just because if you catch things pretty early on, then they don't escalate into something beyond your control. Like, right. it's so much easier to just cut someone off and tell them they got to go than to break up a fight or some misunderstanding that happens 20 minutes later. But you can't always predict. Like some people, they can drink for like five hours and be Mm -hmm. sober. And then all of a sudden it's like a switch flips and they turn into like a crazy person. And then all of a sudden they're starting a fight with someone and then you don't know what the fuck to do. I mean, I don't really work in a, like the bar I work at now, the one you you came to, Mm -hmm. it's not really that sort of vibe. So I haven't really had any issues like that there was Mm -hmm. one time there was a guy that i didn't realize was homeless that was that was fun um yeah but it wasn't like a violent thing it was Mm -hmm. just like (laughs) he ordered shit and then didn't have money to pay for it with and (laughs) i got stuck holding the bag yeah it's actually it's a very funny story like he came in and he's like this big dude with like this long flowing coat right and he walks in like he's a fucking king. Like, can I get a menu, please? Right? Like, like, he's kind of like that. I'm like, who the fuck is this person? So then he, he goes and he guy. sits down like at the very end of the banquet, like at the like the booth at the corner. And he sits down like he's just like waiting there, like hands folded on the table. And I'm just like, whatever. So I go over to bring him a menu. And then like he sort of like I got this whiff of like that homeless mm. person smell, but it yeah. wasn't strong. It was very 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 slight. He didn't look homeless. Like his clothes were fine. Like his face, his hair, everything was clean. So I was just like, I can't tell. And I don't want to like accuse him of being homeless. If maybe he just like smells a little bad. You know what I mean? I didn't yeah. want to make the, the jump to think like and, and that he was and then not serve him. So I say to the dishwasher who was on the floor at the time, like, hey, do me a favor. Go around that guy and just give me a sense of the vibe that you're getting. Like, is he homeless? And so yeah. he does. And he comes back to me. He's like, I don't think he's homeless. And he already knows what he wants to order. So <laughs> order in. 
So he orders like an appetizer, like mac and cheese appetizer and a drink. And so like, you know, I bring over the drink, I bring over the food. He's fine. He's just like by himself. He's not like bothering anybody or anything like that. Just eating his food, drinking his drink. And then he wants to order another round. And so I go back behind the bar and one of the regulars at the bar, she says to me, I know that guy. I'm like, do you? She goes, yes, this is what he does. He goes from like bar to bar to bar to bar, orders a shit ton of stuff and then says he can't pay for it. Oh, I should mention before when he was putting in his order, the dishwasher was putting in his order. I was like, just get a card from him. Right. Just like a yeah. card to hold on to. Right. And so well, he's like, well, he doesn't have a card. He's going to pay in cash. And I was like, well, whatever you can get from him. So Alice, the, the regular, she says this to me, like he, this is what he does. So I go over to him and I was like, listen, before I bring over your next round, um, just having some issues with the computer system. I'm just closing everybody out now because the yeah. computers might be down for a while. So is it okay if I close you out first? Mm-hmm. Bullshit. Like that's not something. Yeah, but that was really, that's really smart. I would, I would have been like, Yo, bro, give me that card real quick. <laughs> so he's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to pay in cash at the end. I, I'm going to pay in cash. And I was like, I know, but just in case the systems are down, I'm trying to just close everybody out now. And if you want to restart a tab, then that's fine. So he's yeah. like, oh, but it, I can't pay in cash then? Because I don't, I don't have a card on me. And I was like, I mean, you can pay in cash, but I need you to pay now. And he goes, <laughs> oh, oh. I think I'm having a heart attack. No, he didn't. <laughs> and he starts to like slide down in the booth. He's like clutching his heart. He's like oh hanging to God. the forehead, like just total dramatic performance. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, son of a bitch. I fucking knew it. And oh, then wow. I was like, dude, you got to go. And he's like, no, no, I, I just wanted something to eat. Which of course made me feel bad. I was like, listen, if you don't have cash, that's fine. You know what you do? You can come to me and ask me, is there anything yeah. that you can give me? And I would give it to you. I have done that before. Like soup, yeah. no problem. Bread, yeah. no problem. Like we have it. We're probably not going to sell out of it today. You can have some. I will pay for the, you know, the, the fucking $7 for the soup. I don't care. But you right. came in here and then you order all this stuff and you can't even pay <laughs> for it. Like, no, yeah. I have to deal with that. And so right. he's like, no, no, I just, and I was like, it's fine. You just, you've got to go. So then he gets up. And he's like, I have to go to the bathroom. So he goes to the bathroom. And the next thing we hear is this huge crash in the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) It turns out he fell in the bathroom. Like, I don't know if he slipped. I don't know what he did. So then like the the chef and the dishwasher have to come and like figure out how to open the door because it's locked. And then they had to carry him outside. It was such a mess. It was such a mess. It's to me, it's, it's a funny story. Right. You know, like it, it was annoying at the time, but it's funny now. But like, yeah. I, I do feel grateful that at the bar I work at, especially because, you know, we close at two. So the, yeah. there's only so many crazies you're going to get before 2 a.m. You yeah. just don't really have to deal with too much. Does Sycamore close? Did it always close at, at two or was it a 4 a.m. bar? We were at two o'clock during the week and four o'clock Friday, Saturday. Okay. So I worked weekends for like a year, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I hated it kind of yeah. just because I didn't like dealing with those people. Yeah. Um, I, and I think at the time that I was working weekends, I was working six days a week. So I was like oh, closing God. Sycamore and then opening yeah. Coney Island Brewery. I had right. to be there at 11 in the morning. So I'd close yeah. at four, get out yeah. at five and then have to wake up. So I was just like, after a while, I was like, yo, I got to change this shit. Yeah. Yeah. So what is keeping you working in the bar industry now? Like, I I try and think about the perks that it has, you know, like the flexibility and 
-hmm. you don't have to work a nine to five. You're not sitting down. You're talking to people. Like there's so many positive aspects of the job. Yeah. But beyond that, and of course, like beyond the the income, what is it that keeps you going back? That's a good question. I think just because uh, I know it's it's guaranteed money, even yeah. though. It, you may not make as much money as like on a good night, you know, like, mm -hmm. oh, whatever. But you're still going to make money. <sighs> I don't know. That's a good yeah. question. I don't. There, there are times when I'm like, fuck this. I'm never doing this shit again. But then I'm like, <laughs> yeah. well, what am I going to do? I don't know what I want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I do. Yeah, yeah I have no idea what I want to do. I kind of just like slip into things. That's how I lived. I've been everything's kind of just been well, I'll figure it out. You know, like mm -hmm. I don't have a a plan is as uh, dumb as that sounds. I'm just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Right. So it's just kind of, it's cool for now. Right. No, yeah. I, I get it. In the last episode, I, we talked about it briefly, me and David, the guest from the, the first episode, just about the kinds of personalities that the industry attracts. And I, I said it was a generalization probably, but I got the sense that most people that work in the industry are sort of looking for something, but they don't necessarily know what it is. And mm -hmm. so it's a good job to have if you're in that sort of mind space, you know, yeah. for all the reasons that you said. And it's just like, it's fine for now. I don't really necessarily feel a pressure to have a different kind of job. I feel a pressure to like figure out what the fuck I'm doing on this planet, but that doesn't necessarily have to tie back to a job. So yeah, I'm always, I'm always curious like, what about it keeps people coming back. There was one time a girl who works in the industry came into the bar and she was telling me it was like, it was so hard for her to quit it. Like she just mm -hmm. always kept falling back to being behind the bar. She was like, it's just something you always say, all right, I'm done. This is it. But then you always wind up back because there's just something about it, you know, whether it's yeah. the pace of it, people you meet, there's just, she's like, there's just not really another job that's quite like it. Mm -hmm. Um I don't know if you have any sort of anxiety about what your life is going to look like in 10 years from now. I do sometimes, but I try not to think about it. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I do, but I really don't think about it that often. Yeah. And I, I honestly think that what draws me mm -hmm. to it or keeps me in it is the skills that I've acquired. Mm -hmm. Like I, I realized that I like creating things, meaning cocktails. Mm -hmm. Like I like okay. doing that. And, and like when I cook, it's kind of the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's like you, you kind of like get to know your materials and you're like, all right, well, I can make this if I have that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. I kind of like the process of things mm -hmm. and I'm starting to notice that about myself and music. Like my favorite part about making music is literally making it like in the studio. Yeah recording it or making a beat or whatever it is that part I hate performing it's like bartending is the same thing to me and those but those skills that you acquire mm -hmm. are so transferable to literally any other job yeah but they don't read well on paper do you know what I'm saying like you can't mm -hmm. be like oh I do well, you can't put it on I bartended yeah right and you, you're not going to be able to well this is my job description this is these are the things right. that I had you're not going to be able to quantify that on right. a resume yeah but also, like, I realized, too, if you don't want to hire me because right. you can't see those skills in me mm -hmm. or whatever, then, like, I don't want to work for you in the first place. Like, that's, right. you know. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had customers at the bar who own their own businesses say just if there's something that interests you, go after it. Because honestly, more and more business owners are caring less and less about a resume. I don't yeah. really know how true that is on, like, a broad scale. 
but they're just like, they look for the skills. They look for you for knowing that you could handle whatever it is that they would need you to do. And like the drive and the passion, they're not necessarily looking for what college you went to and how many places you worked at. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like I've thought about getting involved in other, uh, other fields, but then I think about all the 22 year olds or 24 year olds who are coming out of college or grad school you know, who've had internships and all these things and have all this experience in this specific field that I mm-hmm. don't necessarily have. I'm like, you really think that they're going to pick me yeah. because I've developed a certain skill set bartending? I don't know. And well, I, and then I think about, is it even really worth it just to do a job because it's a real job and not a bartender? No, I, and I agree with that. But also the other thing is too, like, I think mm-hmm. going back to your original question was, I think that you never know who you're going to meet bartending yeah. either. Yeah. Like you don't know who's sitting at you, across from you at the bar. Like, and if they like you and they're whoever, they could right. be like, well, listen, you know, and without you even knowing it. And yeah. that's, that's kind of the cool part for me. Like I've actually gotten some pretty cool opportunities just by working at bars. So mm-hmm. like, it's kind of cool. I think that's kind of one of the reasons too. It's just that yeah. excitement. Like, you don't know what your day at work is going to be like. It can be really yeah. dope yeah. or it can be really shitty, but like. You'll get a story out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that was something that always appealed to me too it's just like it's, it's always going to be different people and a different vibe different energy it's sort of like when I would do the opera performances that I was in I, I I had this one director who said something really interesting he was like I don't necessarily want to stick to certain tempos every single time Because he's Mm -hmm. like, one day this soprano is going to be feeling differently. I'm going to be feeling differently. And you just sort of have to go with how you feel that day. And so every performance would have its own energy. And Mm -hmm. every night, like working at the bar, has its own energy. It definitely has an appeal because then it's never really monotonous. Yeah, I mean, it's you're doing the same tasks. But, yeah, you know, there's definitely a different energy and different vibe or outcome or whatever. And it could make your day or it could break your day, basically, you know, yeah. Or it could just be, it could be like a part of your day that doesn't really do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. You mentioned the the tattoo stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that something, because I know I can be a little guilty of like, anytime I find out I'm like remotely, maybe okay at something, I start to get all these dreams in my head. So is that something that you are toying around with maybe doing in a serious way? I'd like to do it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'd like to do it professionally, but because I, yeah. you know, I've never done it. It's like right. when once you start doing something as a job, it becomes it, it, it yeah, it changes a little bit. But it's definitely an interesting career, and if you're if you're good at it, you can make a living off of it, and mm-hmm. it's got the same kind of freedoms as being a bartender. It's definitely a different way of life, but it's I, I enjoy it. Yeah. You know. So I I've thought about it, and I I don't practice nearly as much as I should though. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's just because I, I'm terrible at time management and oh, mm-hmm. and my music is kind of like at the forefront. And it's, but I'm just I've always been I've always done that. So it's just like mm-hmm. it's hard for me to divert because I feel like, all right, well, if I'm if I'm not doing my music, then I'm, I'm losing something. But, you know, I'm not really it just I have to be better at time management, I guess. Yeah. How would you describe the music that you that you make? I don't know. It's it's like. I guess it's alternative hip hop ish, mm-hmm. but yeah. I think now it's been, it's changed a lot since, uh, since I was younger, but it's still, a lot of it is like introspective, usually darker sounding, but I don't know. Yeah. It's starting to change. I think obviously it's growing with me, which is a good thing. I think if it stayed the same, that would, that would be pretty shitty. Yeah. When I first started writing, it was very, I guess, shallow. 
Mm-hmm. is a word to describe it. It was just like pure, just like, this is something that happened to me and it's funny and that's the end. Right. But then as I grew, it, it gained an introspective quality that it didn't have before. And also just like reflections on society and people that it hadn't had before. It's cool that that's happening with your music. I only distinctly remember one of your songs because I wish I, I had it. I think I had it on like one of my old iTunes on like, you know, three Macs ago. Uh, little things was that what it was oh yeah i loved that track i forgot i loved it i can still hear it in my head i loved it it was one of my favorites that's awesome i I have it somewhere um i can probably send it to you but yeah that was that's crazy i yeah that part (laughs) of my of music is it seems like so far away in a different lifetime that was like when you were like coming to the studio every now and then and like helping on hooks and stuff yeah damn that was a long time ago it was, and that's not weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like almost 20 years ago now. It's crazy. Yeah. I remember that one show that we did. What was that? Lou Reels? Wait, which one was that? Was that in the city? I don't know. I just remember there was a photo on of us on stage, like me kind of in the background, seeing the hook, and you at the front of the stage. I forget where it was, but there were a bunch of people that performed there. Maybe that was the one at that college campus. I think that's the one you're thinking about. But it's funny that you mentioned Lou Reels because I mm-hmm. haven't heard that name in forever, but I do remember yeah. that. That was a good show. It was a good show. My mind was blown. Like, I I had never really listened to to Underground that much. Like, you know, like you... Because I feel like were mixtapes even really popular at that point in time? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know but, anything about hip-hop, really. I just make it. <laughs> right. You do what, what feels true to you. But, you know, I I only mentioned it to say, like, I had never really heard anything outside of, like, mainstream. And so when I went to that show, my mind was blown because every single performer was so good, but they were also different. Because I would say that most hip hop artists today kind of sound more or less interchangeable. But maybe that's Mm -hmm. because I'm only hearing the the mainstream. I'm not really, really hearing the underground the way that, like, people in that show were underground. Um, they don't necessarily have to conform just to sell records or anything like that or do what the studio tells them to they can kind of just do whatever they feel but yeah that show that show was great I I still have I mean I had their CD I think I bought it at the show (laughs) Blue Reels (laughs) (laughs) yeah and now they're on they're on my my Spotify I I have their album uh, downloaded on it but it's so it's it's funny long time ago so Is this something that you feel like you'll always do? It's just a part of you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I it's like I, at this point, I can't not do it. Even mm-hmm. if I, you know, even if I have to take a break from it for a little bit, um, yeah. it's still something that, I, that I'm going to do probably till I literally can't anymore. Right, right. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's a habit now. Mm-hmm. It, you know, even, you know, not intentionally, but come up with like some kind of rhyme or... Right. Um, some kind of melody or whatever like you know and I have in the notes on my phone I have so many like beginnings of or mm-hmm. line pop in and I look back at some of them and I'm like what the hell was I talking about <laughs> like what is that but and then, and then like other ones I'm like yeah. it's just like there's so many in there because there's so and sometimes I'll literally wake up in the middle of the night and be like oh this is awesome yeah yeah but I have asleep but thinking I'm wide awake and then I'll right. look at it next time and I'm like that's no that's really dumb like, why, why would you do that it's yeah it's definitely something that I am probably gonna do forever yeah I I think with writing like I'll probably always do it too 
I did have an interesting experience a few months ago where I took acid and I have had no urge or interest in writing since then. Really? It's really weird. Um, I was, I was talking about this with my therapist today. I was like, I don't know if maybe writing was fulfilling something that I didn't mm-hmm. realize, like whether it was giving me some sort of validation or something to do with my ego or, you know, working things out in a way that I couldn't until I sort of like went through the experience that I had on acid that sort of stripped all that away. I don't feel sad about it. It just sort of feels like, I don't know how to describe it. Like I kind of like a a door closed and I'm in a new room, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if it's just because I'm starting to evolve in the way that I communicate. Like something like this feels better to me. And the most rewarding moments that I'd have at work were when I would have a really good conversation as opposed to like being alone in my room and writing about something and having like some sort of breakthrough or, you know, achieving a sort of phrase that I, that I was really trying to get from my head to the page. I, I bring this up to say like with writing, I just wasn't consciously addressing that it was maybe filling some sort of void. And then once I sort of got past that, I wouldn't need it anymore. I don't know if music is like that for you or if it's more just like, it's just this thing that you have to do and it's just in you all the time. And it's not like you're trying to necessarily even achieve something with it. Like professionally, it's, it's more about, it's just part of who you are. Yeah. No, I, 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 yeah, I don't think, I mean, at this point I'm not, I'm not trying to be like a professional musician. Sure. But like, I don't know that everything's changed so much since, Mm -hmm. you know, cause the internet, you can literally, right. I guess you can kind of blow up, but like, it's not even like that. I just want to, it's like you were saying, this is a way that I communicate whatever's happening inside of my Mm -hmm. head or how I feel. And even if nobody hears it, it's out. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm done with it and then I can move on past it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that um, it's always going to be a part of me and I, but it's the way that I communicate just like the way that you're, you're the way that you've communicated has changed a little bit. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what I want out of it. I don't really know if I need or want anything. Yeah, I don't think you necessarily need anything out of it. Yeah. I feel like if it's something, even if it's just something for you to sort of, like you said, extract something from within you and work it out and communicate it or just get it on the page or in the studio or whatever it is and work mm-hmm. it out and then you can be done with it and move on. That's such a positive thing. Like there's yeah. so many people that do not have not only just don't have that means of communication, but they don't have any sort of outlet or, or means of sort of working through whatever it is they need to work through. Right. Yeah, no, that's what, that's what, that's kind of the way that I think about it too. It's like, I kind of feel bad for, for people like that, but then also I feel like maybe that's my job for making the music that I make is to be that outlet for them and like oh shit well at least Mm -hmm. I don't feel that way I'm not the only one that feels that way or I'm not the only one with these thoughts in my head and you know yeah yeah, I think that's honestly the that's where the reason why I started getting into music like Mm -hmm. hip-hop in the first place yeah is to maybe help people but also help myself you know oh I love that I love that idea it's like a yin and yang like some people can't necessarily create, but they can connect with somebody's creation. 
and that mm. in turn is their outlet. Yeah. That's yeah, beautiful. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. I'm a little hormonal, so I'm a little emotional, but I, regardless, I love that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you love it. <laughs> oh, that's such a wonderful idea. I honestly never thought of it that way. You know, because a lot of times when people talk to me about creativity, it's very negative, not in terms of like creativity, the process being negative, but I've had so many people say this to me and I hate it. And I've told them I hate it. 99% of people are filler. This is what they say, which is awful. And I'm just like, what? And they're like, yeah, like people like you, artists, you know, creative types, writers, dancers, blah, blah, blah. Those are the people that create that, you know, have something to say and communicate it. Everyone else, they're just kind of filling in the background. And I'm like, I refuse to believe that. I think everybody (laughs) has more capacity than you would give them credit for. And I I still firmly believe that. And so now like you're saying, you know, some people, their outlet is, you know, through listening to music or reading a book or looking at art. That doesn't make them filler just because they create the art. It doesn't make that, you know, their feelings any less or their existence any less because they didn't put something out there. Your way is so much more fucking positive and I'm going to tell all these people about it. (laughs) (laughs) I can't, I can't get over it. I love it. (laughs) Well, I didn't, I mean, I didn't really mean to say it that way. It just kind of came out. I, but I never really thought of it that way either. I just know like what my experience was when I was younger, listening to that kind of music. And that's what it did for me. And then as you get older and and going through whatever you go through, like, I was like, I didn't realize that I was, that's what I was doing. Yeah. But that's the reason why I even started in the first place. And then it's, it's also why I, why I keep doing it. You know what I mean? Cause there are, I, apparently there are people that want to listen to the shit that I make. So I'm like, Oh, right. that's cool. But it's not even about like disappointing those people or like making yeah. something that it's just combining a popular art form with expressionism, I guess. And that's it. That's all I'm doing. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to make a bajillion dollars. It's literally something that I have to do. Like I was, before I even started, talking to you today i was making a beat and i i I didn't finish it or anything but it feels good when i can bring those different elements and sounds together and i'm like oh that's awesome but i it's exciting because i don't know where it's going you know what i mean right right this is so intriguing to me like i'm getting a real understanding of like danny i mean how long have we known each other i've known like since we were 15 something like that is that when claude introduced us Mm-hmm. And it's not like a, you were a stranger, but now I'm getting yeah. an understanding of like, you know, what you might think about and how you might approach things. Like I tend to be very idealistic and think really big. And then if things don't pan out that way, I feel like a failure, but you seem yeah. like you're more go with the flow than I am. I'm actually very go with the flow, but then I do freak out as things don't go the way I plan sometimes. But, mm-hmm. but that's also probably why you were painting and drawing sunsets and yeah. skies because yeah. you were thinking about all that you know which is interesting I think I kind of would love to be able to look at things that way first mm-hmm. but it overwhelms me so I just kind of ignore it until I have to do you know what I mean like give me an example I don't know I'm like looking at, at the big picture first mm-hmm. I really look I kind of mostly usually look at like literally what what's right in front of me even before like writing a song like I'll always write the verses first. 
I never it. write the hooks first. And I don't know why I do that. Cause usually like, if you get a really good catchy hook, then it's easier right. to like, get everything yeah. out. But I do it the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Just cause I think it's more interesting for my brain to okay. like work through that. So like that, I guess that's looking at big picture stuff is overwhelming. And I think it also relates to my life. Like, well, what am I going to be doing in 10 years? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, yeah, actually, you know, it's funny when people are like, uh-huh. When I hear when I hear like people going, oh, the dinosaurs died like 36 million years ago. Sure. Okay, well that means zero to me. Like I don't give a shit. Like I'm 36 years old. I have no frame of reference for 36 million years. Like what is that? So it could have been yesterday. I have no idea what that. You know what I mean? Like I have no idea what that means. It's Wait, why so are people long talking ago. to you about dinosaurs? No, I, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. No. <laughs> I know I'm using it as, as an example. Like I know, I know. Like, <laughs> like big picture shit like that. I'm just yeah. like, like it's such a big number mm-hmm. that I'm just kind of like, no, I just completely just shut it out. You know how like when you meet somebody, the minute you meet them, hey, I'm so and so, and they're like, Yeah, I'm so and so, and you forget mm-hmm. their name right after they say it. Sure. Cause it's not important at the moment. Like for some reason I do that all the time. So yeah. like, it's the same thing. If people are like trying to explain like the overall thing to me or talk to me about it, yeah. I just yeah. tune it out. Like I hear it. I don't retain it. So like in the moment when you're first faced with something, what do you focus on? Like you don't remember someone's name. So what do you focus on instead? What they're saying. Yeah. Or like talking to them. But usually it's just like, I'm more of a, I literally don't have a plan for most things. I kind of just like, it's on the fly for me. Sure. So I'll either fail and (laughs) you're going to notice, or I figure it out as I'm going. And that's, that might be stressful to a lot of people. I just can't, I think it's the only way I really know how to like operate. I mean, if it works for you. I don't know if it necessarily works. I just don't know how to do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm just, I'm used to it. Sometimes I try to plan things, but then I'm just like, oh, this is taking too much time. And I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, it depends on the thing. Do you use recipes ever? Or are you more yeah, sort like, of like, I'm just going to cook with what I have and figure it out? I, sometimes I do both, but like recipes, I'm like, I don't have yeah. like a tablespoon or, you know, know. what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm just yeah. like, what does that even mean? So I'm just like, all right, well, this is going in here. And if it tastes good, it's awesome. Yeah. If it doesn't, then I'm eating it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what, does, what does success look like to you? Like, have you defined it for yourself yet? I mean, it's not, you don't have to have, it's, it's your, no, I just, yeah, I just want to be happy. That's kind of it. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to stress out about too many things. That's what, that's all it is to me is like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm, I like this. I'm like what I'm doing. I like who I'm around where I'm going or whatever I'd I'd like to just like be more positive than negative that's like the goal did you struggle with that in the past like being negative yeah I still struggle with it yeah it's usually when I'm by myself though I'm usually not that way in front of people yeah because it's not it's not really fair to to them it's not fair to like be a a jerk all the time and then yeah throw that at people yeah. Yeah. I mean, usually, like, if I am, I'll disguise it as me being sure. fun or like I'm joking. Sort of like when you say something really bitchy in a text and then add oh, LOL at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> Just, Didn't it, it. <laughs> yeah. It's like writing LMAO and then not smiling at all. I do that shit all the time. I'm oh like, God. oh, this is really funny. No, it's not. <laughs> no, you shouldn't have texted me. I don't. <laughs> well, I think this is good. 
thanks so much for doing this. You want to put like your your Instagram or wherever people could follow your music, so you can say that now or <laughs> yeah, um, say it now. <laughs> follow me on uh, Instagram at the Dan Dillinger. So T H E D A N D I L L I N G E R. Okay. And that's that's basically where all my stuff is at. Cool. Yeah. All right. I'm really glad I got to talk to you. Yeah, it was really nice talking to you. Getting Darker, which is written and performed by Dan Dillinger and produced by Nuri Sky. To hear more, please visit Dan